until you eventually die and become pure love. <laughs> it's just a theory, it's a working theory. We don't actually know for a fact. Um, Welcome to episode 31 of the Vibe Union Podcast. Um, before we start, I would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, uh, that sovereignty was never ceded, and we're working towards inclusivity in Vibe Union, as well as hoping to extend it out to the wider community. I'd like to acknowledge elders past, present, and emerging. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. Um, it's going to be an interesting one because we all have different perceptions of this one concept that we all feel like we experience. And that idea is, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. Okay. Like once you start it, you got to finish it, right? You know, you can't just stop halfway. But um, yeah, so I guess I'll kind of um, instigate this conversation with a handful of experiences I had yesterday. It was just a, a random series of events, and as I was talking to my mother this morning on the phone, it kind of just clicked into place what exactly the theme of yesterday was in my life. And it was me discovering everyone's perception of love. So my morning started off with a buzzing of my phone, and I pick up, and I've got a video call on WhatsApp from my cousin in London. It's midnight there. She's 14 years old. And I'm like half asleep, like, yo, what's going on? She's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. I was like, what's, what's up? What's, what's going on? And she's like, oh, she, you know, she's having boy problems. She's crushing on guys and blah, blah, blah. And she was super flustered. And, you know, I know the feeling being 14 or being a teenager and just like having crushes and um, having this kind of idea of what love is. And she's telling me about what if this is my soulmate and blah, blah, blah. So this was kind of an interesting way to start my day, uh, grounding my cousin into the root of the earth and being like, hey, you'll only be able to be functional um, in uh, like going towards the connection if you are grounded. Um, so this is the conversation I had with her. It was kind of puppy love. It was very sweet and innocent, but it was also her perception, her 14-year-old perception of what love was. And so I get changed, jump on the train, heading to Raya's house because we have a gig in Geelong. And as I'm on the train, I have my headphones on and, I, and I'm looking up across and I just see a guy banging on the train window and I take my headphones off just to be like all right you're going through something out of respect let me be so present to your situation and just like energetically give to you what I can just be with you through this moment you're having on the phone and when I take the headphones off all I hear is like you're leaving me you're gonna leave me like this you know I have nobody you've got your family you go to I've got nobody my mom's dead my dad's dead I have no friends or family and and it was a very interesting moment to observe because, of course, he was in so much pain. But what I also acknowledged in that moment was that he was, sh he was not only yelling at this person who he has this idea that he loves, but he was sharing with the entire train how much deep loneliness he had. So was that yelling for her or was it for us to hear him and to see him and to acknowledge hey, you're in a lot of pain. And he's like, I have nobody. I have nobody. And I almost wanted to just go up to him and be like, you've got you. 
And that's all you'll ever have. And until you become comfortable with that, it's going to hurt when people come in and out of your life. It's just, that's just the nature of, so that was his perception of love. And now fast forward to going to Geelong and meeting Kelsey's family for the first time, seeing them, you know, here and there. But that day I got to see them in their element, in their family home and immediately, and the, one of the first things I said when I actually saw them collectively singing together was like, I just feel so much love in this room. And it was the most wholesome, beautiful feeling. She has such an adorable family. And that to me, that was real love, what I observed. And even like her dad came up to me afterwards and acknowledged what I had said. He's like, you know, I really appreciate that you said that about our family. And, you know, and as I was re recounting all this to my mom, I kind of, it clicked to me like, Yesterday was about love and other people's perception of what love is and kind of challenging my own. So now, after that little spiel, I would like to throw it to either of you um, to just, I know this is a very broad question, but however you feel like expressing, what does love mean to you? Big question. Um, yeah, it's it's like I've always had the, the idea or at least the kind of perception that there are a variety of different kinds of love. And we touched on this earlier in terms of like the Greeks even have about seven um, words for different kinds, but there's different kind of soul connections as well, different kinds of ways that you uh, speak, like love languages and, and all of that. And a lot of the time you only realize that in hindsight, a lot of the time you don't actually even realize, you know, all oh, this connection that I had that was gone, that was so fleeting or that has, you know, endured the time. and um, you know, what that kind of love is and, and how you kind of position it or, or see it or uh, categorise it. Um, but, I mean, just even the simplest of interactions with someone, um, which was definitely heightened in the time of COVID, when you had just small acts of kindness, that is a form of love. Um, so I think that you need to, like, you know, I don't think you need to, but um, when the question is, like, what is love? Um, it's really kind of in any interaction that you have with someone, um, depending on your intention, um, I guess. Even like the worst of intentions, there is an underpinning of a sense of love, but that can be self-love. Um, it's, it's an interesting one and it's very quite complex. And, and um, yeah, as many things exist within that gray area, it's not so black and white. Um, and once again, everyone has a different perception. The first thing that came to my mind, um, especially for this guy on the train, was I think, um, and this isn't just romantic love, but I think um, the, one of the big, one of the deepest desires for for humans is simply to be seen, simply to be uh, to be seen as we see ourselves, especially. And I think. Well, with that particular scenario, like it seems like that guy is identifying a lot with the pain. Like this pain is who he sees himself as. Like this is his his existence, and he needs everyone around him to to see that. But um, I just to riff off just to, to riff off that. Um, I noticed that big time in the in the end of my last relationship um, that you fall into patterns so much um, in long-term relationships especially and in those moments of pain and in those moments of uh, kind of chaos is when you truly see the other person for who they really are because every 
expectation, prediction you and pattern you were in has suddenly been broken, is falling away, um, and you were just scrambling. It's like, it's like uh, I guess you kind of truly know yourself in moments of uh, danger, moments of panic, moments of chaos in your life where you have to make split decisions and see what, what, you're, kind of, what you're kind of made of. I don't know if I should believe if I believe that wholeheartedly, but but I think it's somewhat somewhat true. Um, to be seen is is one of the most strongest desires I think, if not the strongest desire, to seek love, to push for love, and um, and when you do feel truly seen, that feels so validating and so freeing as well. I think. Yeah. Um, that's one form of love, but I agree. I agree that there's so many different forms of love, and it's very important to figure out what form of love you need at any any given time. Um, man, my um, I learned a lot from seeing my dad go through the divorce with my mum. Actually, both of them when they got divorced, and then they both found much more suitable partners for that stage of their life later, and they both seemed genuinely so so happy in the next relationships. And um, for my dad, that one ended, but then he keeps finding new ones, which um, fucking good on him. Keep balling um, when you're fucking, I don't know how old he is, in his 60s. Keeps finding ladies, good on him. He's a good dude. Um, but seeing that like they raised two fucking awesome kids <laughs> together, me being one of them, and they were so good together to raise children at a certain point and they needed a very particular type of love to do that. But once that was kind of done, I think that was kind of the end of it. And But then they moved on to a different kind of love later on in their lives. And that kind of told me a really special thing that was just like, yeah, I mean, you know, certain people last forever. Uh, and I think that's actually probably the case for myself in, in terms of like the type of personality I've got. But everyone's got different stages in their lives, different needs at different times. And so the love changes throughout your life and for the personality, for the personality of your partner. I'm totally riffing. That's, yeah, that's, I don't know actually where to go with that. <laughs> well, I'll jump in. Um, going based off of like your perception of your parents and the way that they interacted, uh, you know, both with you guys as kids and also with each other and then post the relationship. Like my my experience with my parents is completely different but I can look at it and I can understand kind of to a to a degree distance this is my perception of of them I don't think they fully formed an, their own perception um of their own kind of love and love languages and sense of of relationship and what they were actually searching for I think a lot of people actually don't um or at least I find that our generation seems to have more of an understanding or idea about you know, self and self-need and self-want um, and also empathy and compassion and can kind of, you know, we're not so stuck within the black and white thinking. I think that we've kind of grow, grown up in this quite grey era, even if you just, like, think about the progression of technology and the fact that we've lived in this analogue to, you know... Yeah. Um, but, you know, they they loved each other. Like, I won't... I won't say that they didn't, uh, it's kind of hard to. I mean, even the simple fact of the fact, like, you know, I, I remember speaking to someone about this who knew both my parents and I said, uh, you know, it's, it's quite ironic. They were born three months apart in the same year and they died three months apart in the same year. Yeah, 
And, you know, there is this aspect, you know, uh, of heartstrings within your heart um, that you can actually snap them at emotional stress and it causes a heart attack. And the fact that my father had died of a heart attack, you know, I'd said this to a friend and she goes, yeah, they were soulmates. You know, they couldn't not be together. Um, they have to be together in the other world. Um, but as much as I do believe that there was a, a underlining, like underlying deep love for each other, they couldn't be together. And they, they honestly, they couldn't even have kids and they probably shouldn't. It doesn't mean that I don't love them any less. It doesn't mean that they don't love me any less or, or loved me any less or loved each other any less. It's just simply like because of their state of being, because of where they were, because of what they did to gain love or, or to deny it, um, they were unable to show it and they were un unable to accept it. Um, both of them, just prior to their passing, had opportunities to get that love that they, they needed and that they wanted. And unfortunately, it was too late and they couldn't accept it. Um, but... Yeah, I can't really, I can't say that the the love wasn't there. It's definitely a questionable sense of love, and in you know, even in their their self love, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't kind and it wasn't good. Um, it came with an intention of survival, um, and unfortunately, that caused difficulties in the ways that I accept love or show love, which is a whole process in and of itself to counteract at that. Um, but they, yeah, I just, it's interesting because you, you base your love off of what you know love as being. Mm -hmm. um, and so, especially with divorce, um, as, you know, children grow up and they see that, they kind of, it, it, whether subconsciously or consciously, it crafts this idea of what a relationship and what love is. Mm -hmm. On top of that, like how your parents show love, how you receive love as a kid also shapes and crafts your perception and your identity and your idea around what love is and how you show it and uh, what you want from that. Um, yeah, and so I don't know where I was really going with that, but... That's cool. Um, yeah, I thank you for sharing, both of you. Um, and that's really gotten me thinking about how, how layered this idea of love is and how how much we can actually bend and stretch and perceive this like idea that maybe somewhere inside us we all know is something quite pure like at its essence it's quite pure and then we add our own meaning to it whether that's like watching disney movies and being like that's what love is or whether it's our relationship with our parents or how we've grown up blah 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 so i guess like does that feeling resonate within you as strongly as it does with me where there is maybe love is something that we all experience in a pure form and then through our life experience, it kind of gets carved out into something more specific? Is that a feeling that either of you have? Yeah. Um, well, this is tying into the love uh, language that you were talking about before and yeah, I, I think, like, I, I felt for a while that I wasn't particularly uh, emotionally switched on. I thought I was quite cold. Um, what I realized is that I was actually had a very pure expectation of what love is, um, that it is a, that it is a um, 
it's almost just like it's kind of the the most natural state of being in my mind and during COVID was a great actually example as you brought up I love I love that that idea that wasn't a big a big thought in my mind that like during COVID those little interactions with people felt like such a pure love for this other person in literally like a 30 second interaction maybe less than that because that is that I felt like that was a pure moment of actually just seeing this person it was being recognized that um there was no reason to hide anything or to be anything more than simply just like two people just like I see this person um to take it back to relationships though like proper romantic relationships I again I'm just going to keep using my my last relationship as, as an example I think throughout all this um is that I think you know it changed a lot over the course of the relationship but I think at the start there was an element of like she grew up on Disney films and I did not grow up on Disney films I grew up on on sci-fi and and uh and and cartoons and shit and, I, and it wasn't really um Simple little things like I wasn't someone who ever thought about doing anything big for birthdays and wasn't one to I, – I didn't do gifts. I, di- I never really did gifts until the until the expectation went away. Once the expectation went away, then I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll be at the shops. Like, cool. I'll get this chocolate bar. Sweet. And, like, that's actually enough for me. Um, little surprises like that is kind of fun. But there was this expectation of gifts and expectation of of a certain brand of romance that I had no idea about, didn't really care about, felt kind of fake doing it. Um, and so, yeah, I think the, the 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 I'm so glad that yeah, I think with again as you said within this uh, the last maybe ten to. 50 years things have really started to change up about what expectations are at the same time we have the bachelor so <laughs> i think there's like definitely two steps forward and one step back at every every turn um but yeah those expectations of what love is uh for, for, for me has always been the biggest uh, downfall to any situation I would get myself in, especially like, especially when I was younger, dating when I was in high school, and I was just like I have no idea how this works, how what I'm supposed to do, and um, especially remember one girl was just just distanced herself so much from me and was crying and was and was carrying on, and I was like, trying to interact with her, and she's like, "You're just supposed to take care of me." Like, can't if you don't communicate. And so I just bailed. Um, to be fair, it was like three weeks in, so I'm not going to feel too particularly guilty about it. But, yeah, anyway, that's, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just going off of that um, in terms of, of that expectation um, and also just in general kind of dating, um, especially in the past five, six, seven months. Um, like I've, I've not been a relationship kind of person. I had a two-year relationship um, back in... 2015 is when it ended um and since then it's just been like different forms of relationships with people I've had uh, a friends with benefits situation that's lasted three years and you know absolutely adore this person would never date them in my bloody life <laughs> and I had to say that to him you know he got into an open relationship and he was saying like he was being really awkward about it I was like mate in the nicest way possible I never want to fucking date you <laughs> like I love you so much I'm never like this is it like it's just a friendship platonic kind of love there just happens to be like an extra level of intimacy um 
but it wasn't until about October last year, like, and I had been, you know, I've always been independent. I've always been uh, not so much in like romantic situations. Any time that I had found myself feeling that for someone, um, it I couldn't communicate it. I didn't feel comfortable communicating it. It made me uncomfortable. I mean, my perception of what happens in relationships was, you know, not the best um, in terms of, you know, my foundation. Um, and I know that the way in which that I was expressing it, it made it seem, you know, that purity was taken out of it and, and that not by anyone else, not by myself, but I was kind of my perception and my fear around love and showing love and accepting love made it feel toxic to myself. And so I shut it off. Um, and it wasn't until about six months ago, seven months ago that I just went, you know what, like I just, the energy and the love that I've been like searching for and trying to like just give people who can't hold it and can't accept it, it's, it's draining me. And so that energy actually needs to go into myself mm-hmm. and it needs to go into forming or, or like founding and refining uh, the relationships that I have around me. Mm-hmm. And I've actually lost a lot of those relationships through that because I started putting boundaries in place and started standing up for myself, uh, started saying like, this is what I need and this is what I want, rather than being a vessel for others um, and thereby like being both a vessel for, you know, their own shit, but also having uh, my energy taken out of it. Um, and came into VU um, when I like, I'm not looking for a relationship or anything. I'm not looking for, for that. I'm just, I'm here to just, enjoy the experiences that I'm having, enjoy the, like, the people around me, have that kind of sense of just overarching love um, for any kind of human interaction, regardless of what it is. And uh, coming off the tail end of of COVID, you know, having that experience, that 30-second just, like, no expectation, no performance, like, just pure understanding of, like, this is fucking hard and I'm still going to show you kindness and I'm still going to show you the simplest and, like, purest form of, like, love that I can given the energy, like, levels that I have. Um, you know, walking into Liebird, walking into, like, Land, land Backfest, um, there was just this overwhelming abundance of love. Um, yeah, and, and the relationships formed since then, um, both with new people but also refining old, old relationships with people has been fantastic and it's all been since going, well, like, fuck it. I'm, g- I'm going to do me and let the guard down, let the performance down, don't give in to expectation. Um, hold expectations where it needs to be held, like in terms of like, I'm not accepting less than this. I'm not settling for less than this because this is what I need and this is what I want. And that's a process that not a lot of people go through but also is a really, really difficult one, um, you know, it's it's hard to want to give that love to someone and then and knowing that they are unable to hold it and also knowing that you are unable to like fully give it as well um and it does cause conflict but um you know it doesn't it's hard to to finish tie up exactly where the hell I was going with that one but yeah I'll just throw it out uh, oh, no. no no you go for it um I think, again, to tie this back into being seen, I think being seen as, as I said, being seen for who you are, one of the most destructive and terrifying things I think for people is being seen as something that you're not. 
especially in a romantic relationship, but also in your friend group. And this has been the biggest growth for me over the past like year and a half, two years of how long I've known the VU crew is from, I have felt that I get to just, I, this is unadulterated. This is, this is just exactly who I am mm-hmm. all of the time. There's yes. so rarely am I putting on a face. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, Partly, that's actually, there's two big reasons for that for me, I think. And one of them is time. These are, you are all new people in my life. Like I've only known you for that amount of time for those two years. And in in that time, um, I get to, well, basically when you meet that person for the first time, you get to like, oh, this is me. I don't, you don't have no any history about me. So there's no expectations. And hanging out with, if you like, I've, gotten not gotten rid of i've dis i've become more and more distant from almost everybody in my life who i knew from growing up in my in a small town um you know there's obviously i still interact with my family and i've got kind of one close friend who i interact with who i've known all my life but beyond that it's not getting rid of anyone but i have distanced myself from that and i found that i have changed immensely well, not changed immensely. I've just kind of settled into my skin once again. You've grown more more into yourself. Mm, yeah. Like this whole process of, of growth and change, uh, I think there's a perception that you're changing into some something new. You're transforming like that cocoon kind of thing. You're becoming something else. It's actually, no, you're becoming more yourself. Mm. Yeah. And every action, every decision that you make is getting you closer and closer to that. I'm, this is what I was meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the whole cocoon thing. And running off of the like post, like the idea of, of you know losing friendships and, and putting effort into building new ones or, or kind of strengthening a connection that is already just like so in, integral um, and inherent and innate. Um, you know, I have to say this to a few people. Like I've, when I lose a friendship and in a hindsight and I speak to someone about it, they go like, "Do you feel sad for?" It? And I'm like, "No, actually, like I actually don't," because it, me ending the friendship here doesn't mean that I don't love them any less. It doesn't mean that I'm not, um, I'm not appreciating, you know, what that type of love in that time of my life gave me. But also, like, I'm ending this out of love and respect because what happens if it keeps going? I've already gone through this and I, I can see the pattern already and maybe that's just my perception and maybe, like... But I have to trust that the decision I'm making is out of love and respect for both of us. Mm. Um, and I'm, you know... I'm sure that the people that I've ended those friendships with, they understand. And, you know, having just a brief, just like, we don't need to have a big conversation about this. We don't need to have a big, like, sit down and, and, and try and figure out and make this into something it's not. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we simply just need to say, this is where I'm at. I love you. That's not going to change. Mm-hmm. But I'm unable to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love myself too much to let myself do it. And I love you too much to, to let, you know, myself do it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting as well in this time, as much as I've been making new connections and new friendships and like four months, five months, I've known like VU and these guys, which is crazy because it feels like a lifetime. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like insane. The moment that I realised like someone asked me like how, how, you know, how long have you known Mikado? I was like, oh, shh, like <laughs> four months. But, you know, like, yeah. Um, but yesterday... Like, similar aspect in terms of, like, the theme of, of today's love. Mm. I spent the whole day around people that I've known outside of VU that have all come into VU. Mm. Um, 
you know, I, I spend the morning walking around with, with journeyman Maloney, mm. um, who I've known for seven years. And we just talked and walked and, and you know, it's five o'clock in the morning and we watched the sunrise together. And there was a strengthening of like, no, this is it. Like we've come and gone out of each other's lives at different times, but there's a reason why he's still here and there's a reason why he keeps coming back. Mm. And there's a reason why I keep holding on to that. Mm. There's a sense of love and it was just that we needed to separate and come back when we needed something from each other to continue growing so that we could have this time because now it feels like final, this is it. Mm. Same with, with Tilly, who is someone in the background of, of VU, mm. um, makes great pasta, mm. uh, feeds us well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Tilly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, similar thing, it's seven years, known each other. Mm. Um, it was Mother's Day yesterday and both of us have lost our mothers um, and we spent the entire day sleeping mostly and then just eating so much bloody chocolate to the point that I felt sick in bed and then we went to Macca's and got more chocolate um, and had just a brief, you know, we didn't talk about stuff but we just, there was just a sense of like we can do nothing and be nothing together mm. but ourselves and ourselves are like relatively sad, so tired, kind of horny, like, <laughs> you know, like on hinge, just like, you know, whatever. Um, and then I go out for a walk and I spend the day with um, Jaden Sixpence that night. We just, an hour walking around, talking, mm. and once again, sharing the sense of love mm. um, and respect. And, you know, spending the whole day with these friendships outside of VU, they're all part of VU. They're all getting the same thing from VU, um, but refining and, and kind of confirming or affirming the sense of love has lasted, you know, years, mm. but now it's become like, this is it. Um, and saying that to all, all three of them, like, isn't it funny how a year ago that day, you know, that date um, was the last time I'd seen Sixpence and the same date a year later, you know, we met at VU again, you know? Like, bizarre. But everything happens for a reason and, you know, I can't help but think that the reason is, like, this is it. Like, we've been coming and, and meeting and re-meeting mm. but we were unable to accept or give the love that we both needed and wanted. Mm. But now we're able to. Um, with all three of them. Wow. Okay. So the first word that was coming to me as you were talking about all of these is like transmutation. And that's this idea of like, you know, changing and changing a fundamental part of who you are almost to the point of like, it's like a quantum leap, you know, if you try and fathom that, it's like you're going from one state to another. And I think that when you refine your connection with this idea of love, you are transmuting into another state of who you can be. Um, and you'll just continue to do that until you eventually die and become pure love. <laughs> it's just a theory. It's a work in theory. We don't actually know for a fact. Um, so um, with this idea of like transmutation, I'd like to know um, how your expression has changed over time based on your connection with this love, with this idea of love. Because I think at this point we've kind of established that love runs throughout every moment of our lives in different forms, in different ways, in different interactions, that we have some amount of love for the cashier who's serving us, some amount of love for the person who's not speaking to us from across the, uh, the train. So how does your connection with love, your relationship with love actually um, come through in your music or your creative writing? Um, simplified. I've tried to simplify a lot 
Uh, I was actually, that answer was going to be about my actual communication with loved ones. But then I actually made that, that I've realized that actually that has now come through in my writing a lot more as well is um, I, I think just low walls dropped and to over, ex, over explain love to someone, especially someone who you care about. And I think in that circumstance as well, like the audience through your music, to over communicate is often a disservice and it muddies, it constantly muddies the water. And um, there's different communication styles and, and I do like having a space to ramble on. Maybe the podcast is, is one of those places that I do utilize for that kind of thing. Um, but I know that, yeah, okay. It, it's again, totally riffing. This is, I'm just trying, I'm piecing together things, but like, past relationship that was my biggest thing is when i i would keep my head down wouldn't communicate but when it's time to communicate i would just like fucking run my mouth never know where i'm going with it and just like end up like digging such a hole for myself or rather just like have all these scraps of paper around me going i don't know what any how any of this works i don't know and now i've confused myself um same with my music, I think, is like just so many little bits and pieces of, of, of writing would just be, it would make sense to me in a sense, but then often I go back to those songs and I don't know what the fuck I was talking about. And now I'm like, no, I think the audience deserves way more respect from me that like, okay, this is exactly what I mean. This is how I'm communicating to you. And this is exactly what I'm saying. And same thing with love is just like relatively direct. And that way it also just doesn't confuse me. Is the biggest thing. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. Um, you know, obviously we have different different forms of art um, to a degree. We're both writers. Um, I would say like you know, language arts. Mm -hmm. Talking Blue has been phenomenal for me, mm. in terms of like you know I opened up the first piece with you know this poem, cremation rites that very convoluted and it was written and spoken in a way that was supposed to confuse and distance myself from the audience. Going back and, and doing a few of my old pieces, but then getting back into that style, like that's all stream of consciousness. I write it, I go back and I maybe tidy things up once, and then I perform it. Um, the fact that it's not so convoluted, yes, the metaphors, but um, it's, pretty, it's pretty blunt and going, I'm unapologetically just being me. Even when I get up on stage, I'm not like, woo, like poetry. I'm just like, all right, guys, like, and that's the end of one, let's go on to the next one. And it is painfully, like, blunt and painfully raw. And I don't give a fuck. Because, like, the people who are there, um, I appreciate and I love, but also I'm doing it for myself to, to a degree. And, and, you know, the people who come up and ask me about it later, the people who go, like, hey, can you send that to me? I want to give it a read. Or, hey, can you explain that to me, the people who ask questions? That is a simple form of love. Going from, from writing looking at my photography progression over the past six months, let alone over the many like different like years of doing photos. Um, like started off, and I never took photos of people. Uh, there's this quote, don't know who said it, which is, um, if you ever want to know what someone is afraid of losing in their life, look at what they photograph. Um, and I ne yeah, never took photos of people. I have like a handful of photos of my family. Um, I have a couple of photos of people. But even then, it's not of their faces. It's just like, you know. And I took photos of the world and, and 
theft and shrubbery, the outside of houses. I haven't psychoanalyzed that one yet, but we're getting there. But, you know, started taking photos of people 2017 and even then it was whatever. But recently, like, I look back at my photos and I'm like, no, this is a form of love. Like, I'm changing the way that I'm photographing. I'm changing who I'm photographing, but also, like, why. I'm getting back to the root of, of what my philosophy of photographing is. And it... it um, I lost myself for a bit there in terms of like I'm not doing this for myself anymore and I'm not doing this for, for anyone. I just it, I'm doing it for the sake of doing it now um, and at detriment to myself and my, my, my bank balance. Um, but realised that and just went I'm taking a step back. I'm going to take photos on my digital camera but even then knowing that I don't really need to um, and taking photos instead of just social events, taking photos of people when I want to take photos of people inside their houses rather than outside their houses, changing that all. And so, you know, the way in which that I'm creating and the way in which that I'm relating to my art um, and communicating that to an audience or to whoever is this is a bit of me and I'm showing you this and I'm sharing this with you because, like, not only do I love myself enough to be able to do that and trust in that, but also I love you and and if you want to, that's there for you to understand. Um, and the people who admire me, the people who like, and I say admire is not putting me on a pedestal but simply just go like, I see you, I know you. I know that you can't directly communicate this sometimes. I know that it's really hard to, as, as much as you are quite blunt about things, there is a disconnect emotionally when you talk about things. The people who see me and understand me and have that connection of like, we love each other in whatever type and kind that is, you know, not only do they reach out and, and see me in it, but they share bits of, of them um, in their own art and their own, hey, I've got some lyrics, can you give this a read? Hey, like, this is a poem I wrote, can you give this a read? Hey, I've never written a poem before, can I send it to you? Would you like, can you help me with this? Like, you know, um, I think... There's, you know, when you look at psychoanalytical literature, when you, when you start doing radical analysis of, of writing, when you learn about photography and, and critical kind of insights into analysing whatever art piece it is and whatever format it is, you have to understand that there's a bit of the artist in there. You can't fully separate art from artist because it's representative of, of them and what they're looking for and what they love or what they are lacking in love. Um, and so I think that's my connection to love and, and art and craft. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I think we've touched on a lot in a very short amount of time. Uh, just to kind of wrap it up, I think I'm interested to know from both of you, um, just for people watching at home as well who are hearing what you're saying and are relating to it, and I feel that because we are kind of, um, you know, we're kind of going down this path of creativity, for me personally, I feel a deeper connection to uh, what the Greeks will call and what we discussed before, agape love, which is universal love. It's this cosmic love for every every piece of life that exists. And I feel like I'm going towards that through like experiencing my own creativity. And so I want to ask either of you or both of you um, how you could kind of help people navigate towards experiencing love in that way? Like, what did you have to personally go through to get to that point of, like, more openness towards this idea of agape love, universal love, unconditional love? 
I think this is a this is a tough one because I recognize that like I'm very lucky in uh, in my situation, but I found a huge amount of I, I find it so much easier now simply by one I learned to be a bit more present. I don't think I'm I still think I'm quite lost in my head. Uh, it, it, <laughs> that's a perfect example. Is I had like words to say and they all got jumbled up instead of actually coming out of my mouth. Um, learning to be more present, which I think is a bit of a, you know, it's a, it's cliche, but it's, but it's, it is true. And I think that that's the reason that as far as I can tell, all religions kind of point to that same idea is that being present is to find, I love the idea that God is presence. God is time and God is, God is the, is the present moment. And then love is God. Love is now love is is feeling your place in that moment with which is connected to everything. You're rubbing off on me so much, Amrita. This is ridiculous. It's so frustrating. <laughs> I want my logic back. I want my fucking. I want my precision. My science. Um, but my, for me personally, it was kind of throwing myself to chaos, which I guess is the present moment. But like this past year of being with of, of doing vibe union losing my job in a job that i was a fine job and i actually you know i had a lot of fun doing it was good at it in my well enough and you know could, could do that while pursuing what i wanted to pursue but by losing it i was like well now i just have to give myself to the this flows back into what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago Amrutha, with like throwing yourself into the stream of time and just going with that flow and yeah so taking the risk and not really thinking about could there possibly be a failure point of giving myself wholeheartedly to vibe union to my art to my to just 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 doing things to just creating and and being part of the world um, I don't see there's any chance of failure anymore. I just see it as just this is, yeah, I'm just purely here right now. I don't think that's entirely true, but I have that man, that mantra in my head and so that still helps draw me back into the present moment at least enough that I feel more love than I've ever felt, happier than I've ever felt, more present than I've ever felt and more uh, at peace with the universe. Boom. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, very similar um, in terms of just chaos, chaos. All I see is chaos and I'm just <laughs> throwing myself in and not breaking off, right? Um, and like, I'm not going to lie, it's been fucking painful. The moment that you make this decision, okay, well, fuck it. What have I got to lose? I'm just going to throw myself into it. And I've always had this, man like, this you know, mantra, like, effort won't betray you. The effort that you put into any aspect of your life or yourself is never going to betray you. And it's usually in hindsight that you realise like, okay, I was expecting this as the end result, but I actually got all of this instead. Um, and so similar decision. I mean, obviously I threw myself first into the chaos of, of psychoanalysis to the point of just like, ah, oh, shit, this is where I am and why I'm here and, and how other players have, have enacted that, but also more importantly, how I've let other, other things you know, kind of pushed me to this point. Um, decided to to shake up and take time and throw myself instead into similar, like, VU, but most importantly, like, just creating and craft and everything. And in that, 
completely letting all guards down, completely letting it all masks slip. Like I go to a party and I'm like, I'm like, I really can't be here. Not because of any other reason other than the fact that I'm like absolutely drained and exhausted and cannot perform. Can't put a social mask up. Like the persona is just like, I'm no persona anymore. And that's totally fine. I can be at a party with sunglasses on dissociating to a fire pit and everyone's like, yeah, man, like still love you and like still accept you being here. And I'm like, sweet. Um, I can Irish goodbye. I can jump through a bush trying to hide from people. Like I can whatever. And I'm. What st- is Irish goodbye? Irish goodbyeing. So um, it's just when you disappear without saying goodbye. So Lane and I usually go slant, which is like yeah, it's Gaelic for saying goodbye, or we shockers at each other, mm-hmm. you know, or just like Irish. I'm like this defeats the purpose, but okay, thank you, Lane. Um, yeah, so that's Irish goodbyeing. Um, it's like similar to a uh, Russian hello when you just walk in, you don't say anything. I'm a big fan of the Russian hello. It's <laughs> <laughs> one place that I'm always like, oh, we, now we got to do all the greetings. Uh, I'm so bad at all that kind of stuff. You walk in, sunglasses on, you know, cap back, yeah. looking like upright death, you know, 30 seconds in the microwave and you just go like, I'm going to sit here and roll a cigarette and just mm-hmm. associate into the fire for a little while. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just... In, in not being able to perform, in, in not being able to, like, meet p- what people expect you to be as in, in just deciding, like, nah, fuck it. And then seeing the amount of appreciation and love, even from, like, day one of, of just rocking up to Liebird. Um, I'm going to close off on this one thing, which is the moment that I realised I was being seen and accepted for myself by people who I've never fucking met in my entire life. <laughs> like, met occasionally. Um, the fact that you remembered us when we rocked up and I was like, oh, shit. Um, it was actually the, it was the second day, second time that I went to Liebert and I'd taken these photos, I sent them, which was terrifying for myself, like, hated it, panicked, phone off, phone in another room, went and had, like, five cigarettes, came back and you were all like, this is fucking amazing, what the hell? Um... I had Mash come up to me, MQ, uh, after his set. And he was like, hey, like, you know, first conversation we actually had in person. He's like, hey, like, I just want to say thank you so much for taking these beautiful photos. And I was like, thank you so much for giving me something beautiful to take photographs of. Um, And then he said, you know, I was watching you when I was having, you know, playing my set. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, I wish that she would sit down and just enjoy the music. But then I realised that this is how you experience you know, the show and this is how you experience life. And I was so taken aback. I was like, yeah, man, I just love photos. Like, <laughs> But, you know, it, I, it stuck with me and it was one of the reasons why I kept coming back. Not really why, but it just kind of affirmed, like, this is where I need to be. That just sense of love and appreciation, um, you know, knowing that that's how I show my love and appreciation for that time and that moment in, in my life, um, you know, it just... Yeah, that's how, like, just putting that kind of mindset and that perception and that understanding that, like, people show love and appreciation in different ways and you have to find what it is that they're trying to say in that um, and and knowing that there are people who can understand the way that you are showing love in your own way as well. Um, that's how I got here. Just to, to fall back on one word that has come up several times and I think some surmises this really nicely is... Um, expectations dropping your expectations dropping your expectations of how someone else should communicate love dropping your expectations of where you are going to find love dropping your expectations of what your future is going to be what relationships should look like 
um, simply like drop your expectations of what your day is going to be. Sched- like your, if, if your schedule falls apart, but you find yourself in a place you didn't expect, learn to appreciate what is happening in this moment. What is what can you get out of it? Um, this this sense of chaos it is fucking exhausting lately. The amount of effort and energy we are putting into it. But at the same time, and this has been a running theme lately from episode wrecked all the way up to mm, this one, is yeah. that I have been so tired at times, but I have never been so energized mm. simply by Amen. W- rocking up to different things every day. Like this is a, mo- this is a, a cold, miserable Monday morning. <laughs> this is how we're going to kick off our week, like mm. is just by sitting here and talking about this kind of shit. Mm. And then I've got band practice later and it's just like this constant stream of stuff mm. happening and I love that sense of just chaos, removing expectations because yeah. VU keeps growing in ways that we never expected. We keep meeting people we never expected. Love will find you in ways that you never expected. Mm. Drop those expectations. Amen. So if I could just wrap this all up, what we've just said is it seems to me that there is some kind of a a tier list that we can go through of how to reach this very essential core love for yourself and for the people around you. And it really starts with your environment, who you spend your time with. If people on a very base level are not making you feel good, you know, you don't need to ditch them all together, but create some space and get back to who you are. And like through creating space, you're also allowing new people to come into your life. So once those new people come in or once you've created space for yourself, drop the expectations once those expectations aren't there of what, like how you need to receive love, how you need to give love, that also leads to communication, you know? What's your self-talk like? What's your talk towards others like? Are you walking past someone and judging them for what they're wearing, you know? Because those things are not a reflection of that person. It's a reflection of your relationship with yourself. And that will tie into judgment, you know? Judging other people is judging yourself. So once you can kind of notice that you are judging, you just don't let it take over. Like sometimes it comes up unintentionally, but just to acknowledge that you're judging someone and move towards not wanting to do that purely because why would you? Why would you want to do that to someone? Why would you want to do that to yourself? And so once we get past judgment, which is a huge thing to get past, we reach presence. If you get presence down pat, you're there. All right, you are you are the universe, you are God, you are that unconditional love, you are that everythingness that exists within all of us. And if you can connect to that presence within you, you can see it within other people and the shells around that person just doesn't even matter anymore. I feel like that's when you can try and experience that agape love, that true universal unconditional love and life will just flow. And I feel like we're all tapping into that stream right now and we're really appreciating the connections we have. We're around amazing people. So if you're vibing with us and if you're feeling what we're feeling, then you know, hopefully this was like a nice little manuscript to get to this point. And better yet, reach out to our community. You know, join us on Vibe Union, like vibe.union on Instagram or just subscribe to this channel to get more content like this. A plug, uh, plug into people who are already watching, which is, seems redundant. But anyway, thank you for joining us. Any last thoughts before we, we adios to these people? Nope. Okay. Excellent. (laughs) Exactly how we should leave it. Thank you for joining us. Episode 31. We love you all really and truly. Bye.